0: It's The Wow Show, with your hosts, Donna Lyons and Elizabeth Urtel. This show will wow you up with some of the most fascinating guests from around the world. It will excite you, thrill you, amaze you, and bring you to your knees. The two blonde bombshells will electrify your wowness and raise your wow factor beyond limits you never expected. So let's get crazy and have some fun right here, right now on The Wow Show. And now, it's time for your Royal Wownesses. Donna, and Elizabeth.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is The Wow Show. I'm your host, Donna Lyons, coming to you live from Washington, D.C., right here on the Lyons Radio Network, and I have my most beautiful co-host, Elizabeth Ertel. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hello, Donna. Hi, everybody. Hope
2: everybody's having a rockin' good day today.
1: We are, you know, we were just, um, our guest was just asking about the weather here, and I will tell you, it is freezing, it's windy, and I know, Elizabeth, you've been getting some snow there in Canada. <laughs> we're in the Muskoka,
2: so north of Toronto, and uh, yeah, we got snow
1: on the ground. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm ready to start decorating. <laughs> well, I am super excited to have our guest on today, because he is iconic when it comes to soap operas and it's Vincent Arizari and um for people that don't know him which is I don't know anybody who doesn't not know him um he's been (laughs) acting for over 40 years and he's an Emmy award winner he's been nominated four times he's performed on numerous uh roles on tv and movies and uh he's he's like acted next to some heavy hitters, Sandra Bullock and Clint Eastwood. My God, he's all over the place, and he's a singer. And I, I mean, I listen to his voice. He's amazing, and I want to welcome him. Welcome, Vincent.
0: Thank you, thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Donna, for having me on the show. I
1: feel, I I feel a little, I feel a little
0: guilty because it's 87 <laughs> degrees here where I am, and clear skies and sunny. Um, I'm literally in shorts, <laughs> so that's, that's, oh that's the world I'm living in right now.
1: That's not nice. Yeah, I had, you had a heavy coat on today when I walked to the mailbox. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, it's really cold. And I grew up in Southern California, and so I know the weather. It's just absolutely beautiful. I miss the weather, but I have to say I do love the East Coast, too. It's a beautiful place.
0: I love it too. I grew up there. I was born and raised in New York. Yeah, and I was, you I was actually in New York. York City last weekend. Um, not this past weekend. The weekend before, I was there for a weekend, and it was great. I loved love it. I love going to visit New York and, and spending some time there as well. So it's yeah, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, and you also said uh, um, we were talking on Facebook, and you said that you had been to D.C. and went to the World War II Memorial when it first yes. opened.
0: Yes, that was it. Was years ago. Um I remember when they were they were erecting it and it was interesting that there was none there um at the mall for World War II until that was that was uh created. Right? So th- yeah, that was <laughs> that was interesting when I found that out. And so I was there the day that they basically inaugurated it. Um and it was yeah, it was very special, it was beautiful. It's a beautiful memorial.
1: Yeah, it's probably one of my favorites. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's just um I do a lot of work with the Friends of the National World War II Memorial. So and I just got invited to host a lot of their events to be the MC. So I'm extremely honored, and I think it's going to be really cool. But enough about That's us. I want to talk about you. <laughs> yeah, okay, Let's
0: talk about I don't mind you. talking about, talk about you. About it's
1: okay, you, you, can talk about you know, you've done a lot of acting. You've been acting for 40 plus years. I mean, this is yeah. been, since you were a child. Um, so you've been you've been in all these movies too. I really want to ask you about Heartbreak Ridge real quickly. Yeah. Because sure. you played yeah, you played uh Lance Corporal Getty and yeah. um you were you worked with Clint Eastwood. What was that like and um how did that movie did it change your career at all?
0: I'll tell you this. It was interesting. Um I it several things. First of all, when I auditioned for that movie, I was put on tape Um, at Warner Brothers and it was about a month and a half to two months had passed since my audition and I in fact I got another role I was up I was in a movie called Firefighter was a called they called the movie of the weeks movies of the week back then MOV and I was up in Vancouver shooting that and um, about two months after the audition from Heartbreak Ridge and I kind of just assumed I didn't get it and then I get a call um from my agent saying that I got the part in heartbreak rhythm I was like that's crazy it was like two months ago we didn't hear anything and the reason (laughs) why was because Clint was running for mayor of Carmel at the time
1: oh yeah and and I just saw it
0: on the news I saw it on the news the day before that he had won the mayoral uh, race that was literally on the news up in Vancouver the day before that he had won the mayoral race in Carmel so my agent said, yeah, I know. He, said, he, he actually didn't even look at any of the tapes the entire time while he was um, running for mayor. And once he won, he looked at the tapes and he cast it from that day. So I was like, wow, that's crazy. And it worked out perfectly because I had finished filming in Vancouver, that, um, the movie with Nancy McCann. And I had to fly back to L.A., literally wash my clothes that day and then get in the car and drive down to, um, down to South, Car- South um, California to Camp Pendleton because um, I was going to start the next day. I was like, wow, this was perfect time. <laughs> so working with Clint, he was fantastic. Clint was just a consummate gentleman, um, very sweet, very you know gracious to everybody there, even the extras on set when we're having lunch. He's walking through, checking everybody, did they like their lunch, was good. Um, but he's very fast, and I love that about him. And I think coming from a soap background, basically you do one take, two takes if you're lucky, three takes almost never. Um, it's basically, even with the, if the DT was Jack Green at the time, even if he said, you know, I'd like to do it again because I, I, I'd like to change the lighting a little bit, and Clint would be like, no, we're going to fix it in the soup that's it you know um so yeah it, he was and we were uh, we were a week under um schedule when we finished it was seven weeks it was one of my favorite summer jobs that I'd ever worked on and um you know he's it, an interesting guy I'll tell you <laughs> it's funny there was a there was a moment we were shooting at Camp Pendleton and there was a group scene um all of us in a circle and Clint is doing the scene, we're talking, everything's going great, and then all of a sudden he calls cut in the middle of the scene, and, and everybody's confused. He walks off camera, he walks away from the, from the group, goes to craft services and grabs a box, rips off a piece of the box, comes walking back, and there's this insect in the middle of all of us that I didn't <laughs> notice, but he saw it. He literally scoops it up. He walks around 20 feet away from the group, puts the insect down, and he comes walking back to the group, and he's like, we're all God's creatures. Um <laughs> and I'm like this is the same guy that's like you feel lucky punk you know I'm going this, this is big <laughs> He's like that a, is gentle a giant
2: story.
0: I love oh it Oh my man. god that's it.
1: hilarious
0: yeah. Did that t- did
1: that movie change your career in any way
0: Um yeah it definitely helped I I got some more roles right after that um I'm trying to remember yes I did do I did um LA law right after that which was kind of interesting because they had me come in several times because I, my head was shaved to do that movie and they didn't know if they wanted to have me with that shorter haircut <laughs> for the scene <laughs> that I was going to be in with Michelle green. And, um, and that was another one. I, I had like two auditions for it. And then I went to visit my friends in Montana and we were driving all around Montana, about a thousand miles through different places. And I got a call from my agent. I, well, I had to call my agent from there because there was no cell phones. To check in with them every once in a while, and they said that I got FR2, so I had to like cut my trip to Montana short and go down to film lo- um, LA Law. Um, so, yeah, there were several um, projects that happened right after that. Um, another one was uh, Echoes in the Darkness, uh, Joseph mini miniseries that I, I filmed in Toronto, and that was with Treat Williams and Robert Loja, and um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of Stockard Channing, a lot of people. Jeffrey Ivanek was in, it, it was on Tapia Coyote. Um, that was, a, that's amazing. It was a true stories, a three part miniseries that I loved. I had a great time shooting that. Um, so yeah, there were numerous roles that came to me after Heartbreak Ridge. Um, so yeah, so it did help my career for a bit of time. It was a good pop.
1: Yeah. Cause it was such an iconic movie. I mean, I still watch it. I love, it's one of my favorite movies, but I'm all about well, the it's military. I
0: still, it is an iconic movie. It has, it's, it has a cult following that movie. Yeah. Um, and i yeah. honestly anybody in the military people in the military love that movie they love it and um yeah, yeah. and even even my son um he's you know he's going to a military college right now university's gone to the citadel and he was in the junior ROTC. um he became a sergeant major in that when he was in high school and his the the sergeant that was running it was his commanding officer whenever they went on road trips together, he would play heartbreak Ridge in the, in the, in the, in the bus. <laughs> and it was kind of Aww. interesting because he didn't know at first that my, that he was my son. And then when he found out, he was like blown away that, you know, my son was the son of spaghetti. Um, so, but yeah, and I've gone to like, whenever I've worked on certain movies or TV shows or anything, and the people from the military that recognize me immediately will say love heartbreak Ridge, love that movie. And they literally, it's a great thing when you work in a Clint Eastwood movie, especially if it's something with the military because they play it like every Memorial Day, every Veterans Day, yep. you know, it's like a lot they play, of play. It on holidays. Yep. Yep. They, play, they play it constantly, so I, I'm still getting good residuals from that movie, and I'm very grateful after like thirty years.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I've been. We've been going to the uh, West Point football games, and they are so much fun. Those those military sure. kids, man, they all get together, and it's just it's the camaraderie is amazing. So yeah, and I want just to thank you your I was son just, for doing what you doing.
0: Yeah, we just went to the Citadel. Yeah, sure. I just was at the yes. Citadel a few weeks ago for Parents Weekend, and we went to their football game, and and it was the one game that the Citadel won. <laughs> it was, um, <laughs> and it was against Virginia. So, are the you Army
1: Navy? Do you watch the Army Navy game every year?
0: No, I don't. I, I don't follow football as much as others that I do. Yeah. I just got too many things going on in my life. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a good spectator when it comes to sports. I used to be more. <laughs> I was much more of a. I loved baseball growing up, and I used to go to games all the time. In fact, I was at all the, the World Series and playoffs in '86 with the Mets because that's my team, and also Yankees as well because I'm a New Yorker. But um, and I also had Lakers season tickets in '87. I think it was. It was that last dynasty. It was the last. That, oh yeah, fun. Magic <laughs> Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar
2: and
0: mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, what is it? Byron Scott and James Worthy, all those guys. I was at all those games. It was a great season, great year. But I, yeah, I kind of pulled away from it, and um, yeah, just my life is too busy, you know so yeah you are busy um
1: you know the other thing i want to ask you too i mean you've been on so many different soap operas and i've had several people on that have done soaps. um jacob yug comes on all the time because he's always doing something he's such a cute kid um but did you have a favorite one that you did was there one soap that was has all-time favorite
0: well i would say first of all my my um Entree into the daytime world was my first role was Jack on Guiding Light. And that that one, it's very special to me because that really did, that was foundational for my career uh, without question. Mm -hmm. And it was only supposed to be a three-day gig, you know, and it went really well. They gave me three more days and then they gave me a contract. And I was only on for two years as that character. It was my choice. I had made a commitment to myself when I first started. Because I was young and I was like, this is the time to take chances, you know. And right. I didn't want to get locked into a role and go on for years and years. I mean, I could look back in retrospect and, and say, was that a good, best decision? And, you know, I it, you could second guess that because it's always great to have that kind of security and to keep working. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And there were de- definitely people that I know at that time that were my age that did do that. And they did very well. You know, they're on their shows for many, many years. And that's okay. I mean, I did. I took the chance and went out to l a and I did Heartbreak Ridge and I did other movies and stuff like that. And that's okay. Um, but i I love that character. And i felt I feel like at that time of my life that I really identified with that character with Lou Jack right um, and as the audience did. And at the end of two years, they wanted me to stay for another year. and in fact, they were even gonna triple my salary for oh. And my agents were like, what are you doing? How can you do this? I said, no, I made a commitment to myself. This is it. Two years. That's it. And I'm going to go out to L.A. and take my chances. So it was okay. It was fine. It was a good decision to make at the time. And like I said, I would never have done Heartbreak Ridge. And and it was another reason that that I made that decision was because there were numerous times, one in particular, um, when I first started on Guiding Light. I was on for maybe about five, six months, and the character was really taking off. I... I got. Um, I was in, in contention for um, for a movie, a movie. It was a miniseries going to be shot partly in Italy and um, in New York called Ellis Island. And right. I was strongly favored to get this role. And I assumed since it was a CBS miniseries and it was with Richard Burton and it was with Kate Dunaway and it was a bunch of really great people, I didn't think I'd have a problem getting out. But the show wouldn't release me to do it. Oh and, um, my God. Oh, so heartbreaking. that was, it was heartbreaking. And I said, well, yeah. that's not cool if I can't get up to do something. And it was because they put it in the contract that you had to have, you have to Give them like four weeks notice, five weeks notice. And you never get that when you're up for roles. It's like, you, you're going to leave in a week, you know, two weeks the most. Yeah. Um. So you don't have that. And there was one movie I did get to do um, while I was doing heart, um, doing uh, guiding light was with Fissy Spacek, and I played her husband um, in a movie called Marie. But I was in the beginning of the movie, so I was only gone for a few days to shoot that. And at first they said no, but then um, Dino De Laurentiis, it was his studios, and he, it was his production, contacted Gail Colby, my executive producer, and um, she, he asked if I could please come down, and she made it work. And she was kind of blown away that Dina De Laurentiis called her. She called me into the office. She goes, I just had a very interesting phone call with uh, Mr. Dina De Laurentiis. And he was um, advocating for you to come down there. And um, <laughs> she said, I, I, I found it hard to say no. So she, they let me go down and shoot for a few days to do that. So so that was cool. That's but awesome. I just, yeah, that's- I didn't want to keep going through those type of experiences, though, you know, um, at that yeah. time in my life. So that's all. That's basically the reason I did it.
2: Yeah, the soaps they they generally they're they're filming about a what is it about a month a month ahead.
0: Well, it depends on your show. Most at that time we were like two three weeks ahead, and then you know on all my children we were like we were like four to six weeks ahead. Days of Our Lives is like six months ahead. (laughs) That that show is that is a rarity. You don't see that anywhere. I, it's bizarre. When I first started on Days, I remember when I had my interview with, with um, Ken Corday and the production staff, the producers and the casting. And I asked them, I said, I mean, how far in advance? And they were like, well, we're like five, six months ahead. I was like, what? <laughs> what? I've never heard of that before.
1: Like, That's yeah, crazy. we like to
0: keep a lot, a lot in there. But and honestly, it served their show better than any other show when everything was shut down. Because they had so much they so, had so much, much like material in the in the can that they didn't have to do reruns like other shows had to do, you know, so well, that's it, it very served true, well.
2: yes, yeah. but they
0: did, but since they came back, they were already five, six months ahead again, and they do, and i you know I'm not sure you know what the benefit is over in the long term. I'll tell you this, it's very weird because when I first started on the show. I could barely tell anybody because it couldn't get out for like five, six months that I was on the show. And meanwhile, I was filming there all that time. And, um, and it's also strange not to see how the storyline is going. When you're that deep into the story, you, you just don't, you know, you don't have a chance to look at it and say, okay, well, this is playing. Well, this is playing well. This may, it may need to change this a little bit or whatever about the character or whatever. Um, so that's a little strange as well, and Absolutely. it just um, and especially when I left the show, I didn't say it to anybody that I had left, and then it leaked out like a, I don't know, a week later that I was not on the show anymore, and I, that bothered me as well. I didn't I didn't like that it got out so quickly, um, but yeah, not, it's hard to it's hard to like keep that uh, keep it silent, and I know that there were times when I was on the on the set. And somebody would come, a reporter from one of the soap magazines would be there to interview somebody and see me. But they were then, I would, ha- I would tell the PR department, they just, I just saw them in the hall and they know who I am, obviously. And they would have to contact me and say, you cannot say anything to anybody, you know. And it, and it would be basically at the threat of them not coming back to the show again. So they wouldn't. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation for it to be that far in advance. But that's the way they do it. Well, no, yeah. I
2: tell you. Vincent, I sure remember you, Doctor David Hayward. Yeah. Oh, my children, yes. <laughs> I grew up. Yeah, with that, that was another great. Show. Yes.
0: That was another one. The I mean, I, honestly, it that was the first role that I could say honestly um, rivaled my experience as Lou Jack. Um, that one, and it wasn't. And again, that was only a three-month job. I was hired for three months to do that job, and Is that right. It was. Yeah, and it was in the midst of that, in the middle of it, while we were shooting it, that it became obvious that this character had legs and that it could actually be really special um, to me as well as the writers and the producers. And, um, but the thing that happened was, at that time, um, because of my, my divorce, my daughter, Sienna, was living in Los Angeles. And for a couple of years, I was doing Guiding Light. actually five years doing Guiding Light in New York. So I was spending every, you know, my my daughter was coming to stay with me for like two weeks every month and a half with a nanny flying to to New York. And in the interim, um, during that month and a half, I would fly to L.A. at least once and sometimes twice or three times to see her, even for a few days, and spend time with her. So when I left Guiding Light, my intention was to move move to L.A. and live near my daughter, which I did. I got a place three blocks from her house. So that I could see her all the time and Fabulous. take her to school and be there, you know, and she stayed stay with me a lot during that time. And when I got this job um, for all my children in New York for three months, she was a little panicked about it. And I sat her down and I said, sweetie, listen, it's a three-month job. That's it. You'll come and visit me like we always did, and I will come out here just like we always did. But it's only three months, so don't worry about it. It's not long-term. mm So when they came to me and they offered me a great contract um, and it was, it was really hard. My agents, they were negotiating and it was like, wow, this is really tough. And I had just had a newborn daughter as well. My daughter, Aria, was just born. And of course it's you know it's best when you're working when you have a family that's a grown family. <laughs> right. But I I yeah. uh, for a whole week I was tempted by the by the numbers that were there and the and the opportunity to be on the show and to create this great character. But then I walked into my executive producer's office at the time. Um and I and I told Francesca James I said listen I'm I'm really sorry but I can't take this role right now. And she said what what are you talking about? And I said I made a promise to my daughter and I told her that I'm not going to, this wasn't going to be long-term. And, you know, we had done that for years already when I was on guiding light and um, she was kind of blown away. My agents called me and said, what are you doing? And I'm like, I can't, I just, I promised my daughter, I'm not going to do that. So I went out to LA afterwards and um, Judy Wilson, the casting director whom I love, 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 she was, (laughs) several things about this. It was funny. Well, the first, um, she, she contacted me like four or five months later and she said, you know, Vincent, what can we do? We'd really love to have you on the show. Is there anything we could do? And I said, you know, I can't think of what we could do. And she said, because my ex wife was Sydney Coleman, who was on Santa Barbara with me years earlier. She said, would she want to do a show in New York? And I said, I, I'm guessing she would. She's, she's not working right at the moment, so I would think that she would. She said, well, let me, let me figure this out. They were casting a role on Guiding Light. Um, they were casting the role of Annie, I believe. Uh, Cynthia Wachos, it, it was like she was going to come back in a different form or whatever. And she contacted the, 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 the casting director, she called the casting director of Guiding Light. They called Signy. Would you be interested in put yourself, get, be taped out in Los Angeles? So she said, yeah, absolutely. They put her on tape here. They loved her audition. They put her on a plane, flew to New York for a screen test there with the actors. And um, she got the part. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Fabulous. So she m- moved to New York to do Guiding Light. I moved, to, I mean, it's a, it's a Guiding Light. I moved to New York uh, right at that same time to start working on all my children. And my daughter, Sienna, was living in Manhattan where I was living. So it was as if, you know, that I honored that promise. I feel like God moved heaven and earth, you know, to make this happen.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: it, it really was special. You're a and, good uh,
1: dad. You I are a very are good, good dad. Good dad. right.
0: Well, it was extraordinary the way that it all came about. And that the character then, obviously, David, really took off. Um, the funny thing that I was also going to say about Judy Wilson is that when I was leaving the show the first time, um, I was, uh, and it was already known. I was actually, I think I had already left the show, but they invited me to go to the Soap Arbor Digest Awards out in Los Angeles. I was there. So I went to the awards. I was sitting next to Judy Wilson. And the, the, the um, award was for Best Villain, okay? And she yeah. said to me, she leans, over, she, she leans over to me. She goes, next year, that's going to be you. And I said, Judy, what are you talking about? I'm not on the show. That's not going to be me. Well, a year later, I got that award. <laughs> <laughs> and, it was like, yeah. and she's the one that predicted that. And I, I swear, I wasn't even on the show. I'm like, ah, honey, I'm not on the show. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> so,
0: yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's crazy. So. Speaking of ABC, I was thinking
2: about. Career. Speaking of um, was thinking about ABC, um, yeah. You, you, you're classically trained as a pianist, right? Like way, way back. Yeah. But, yeah know, way back. Yeah. You also have yeah. a beautiful voice. And I was looking at something online and a little video came up, uh, ABC, A Very Soapy Christmas. Yeah. And uh, you rocked, <laughs> please come home for Christmas. That was yeah. incredible, Vincent. Was, that must have been a lot oh, of fun for you. you to do.
0: It was. It was a lot of fun. I uh, My only thing was I was a little nervous going into the New York City, in Manhattan that day. I was driving out from from, from New Jersey where I was living. Because we were doing it in the morning, I think it was like ten o'clock in the morning, and that's not the best time of, of day just to open up your voice and to sing. So Absolutely I was, my not. voice was a little tired when I was driving to sit. Okay. Oh. So I was doing my my vocal warm ups in the car and doing whatever I have to do. I was, I'm was. i sure that people hear me sitting in the car next to me, you know, by the Lincoln. Tunnel. <laughs> like, don't This guy's crazy. What's going on there? But I did. I was able to get in there, and we got it. We put it together, and it was. It went great. I was really happy with it. Um, it was fun. It's fun to see that sometimes. I've, I've seen that video pop up every once on YouTube, so it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, but you're right about the timing. Mornings are definitely not the time to work those vocal cords.
0: No. So we've
2: been no. thinking about doing that, though, did you ever think about really venturing more into music and, and singing in your career? Is your career so vast?
0: Yeah. I mean, I I've, have had several opportunities. I mean, I did do some musicals um, early on in my career. I played Paul McCartney on stage in a play called Lennon. Um, it was a couple of years after the death of John Lennon. Um, and it was produced by Sid Bernstein, who produced the Shea Stadium concerts with the Beatles. He saw the play in um, in Liverpool, and he brought it to New York, and with New York actors, it was with Robert mm-hmm. Lapone and um, David Patrick um, Kelly. Um, yeah, some good people, really good people. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Sadler was in it, uh, was also in Die Hard too. Um, yeah, a bunch of really good good actors, and I I did do that, and it's funny because in my early career, I was not a big musical fan. Um, mm-hmm. And because of Lennon, it was interesting me to do Zorba the Greek on Broadway with um, Tony Quinn, and I oh, kind of yeah. turned it down. Um, I, I did a musical at the public theater right before Lennon called The Death of Enric Toven. It was directed by a man named Des Makinoff who went off to become the artistic director at La Jolla, and he, like, um, developed uh, Jersey Boys, he developed Tommy the Musical, he developed a bunch of musicals down there in La Jolla, but it was his project. And I, if, after doing that and doing Lennon, I kind of didn't want to do musicals for a while. I wasn't a big fan of it, and I, it felt weird because I was in the, in the Death of a I was in the ensemble, and and it was about the World War One flying aces, the Red Baron, and um, and I, it just, it was a weird reality for me as a dramatic actor to be in a musical where you are like. Singing and you know, parroting and this obviously you know, singing songs. Like, yeah. He dropped the bomb. He dropped the bomb. I'm off to And I'm like, mm, I not my thing, man. I don't know. I couldn't get into it. <laughs> oh so God, I I, yeah. But I, I. But I got to be honest there. with you. Yeah. I got to be honest though. As the years went on. I fell in love with musicals and I because I would go obviously living in New York I would go to see a lot of plays and I would hear about this musical was great or this musical so it was all right. So I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the romanticism of like Phantom of the Opera and I loved the, the historical references of like Miss Saigon and um, Les Mis was probably the first one that I had seen that I was like blown away and I was mm-hmm. like wow this is really special I mean just the whole thing about grace and redemption and um, it's it really is it's it was beautiful when i first saw that i' probably i've probably seen Les Mis maybe eight times and um mm-hmm. so that that's always was my foray into um into loving musicals and so at that time i started doing singing more legit studying legit singing and i did do a few um we did our uh broadway um cares you know uh, fighting for uh, mm-hmm. for cancer uh for AIDS, i mean um and yeah, so I did do several of those and sang on Broadway doing that. So I did, um, uh, Jekyll and Hyde. This is the moment, <laughs> which was really kind of perfect for David Hayward and the little own thing. Um, storyline, <laughs> that's kind of why I did that at the time. It worked. It went great. It went really great. And I did something from on a clear day. You can see forever. Oh, um,
2: I love that. Yeah.
0: She wasn't you, I think it was called. Um, so yeah. And, um, so those are the you know I, I I love them and I I would have loved to have done um, some musicals but just kept getting pulled into doing some TV shows so not the worst reason for not being able to do them so yeah you know, I was gonna say keep
1: acting it's it's seriously like you're very very good at it. I think you can just play about anything so
0: and Thank is, you. what do you
1: have you. coming up do you have anything coming up anything exciting to tell us or anything like that.
0: Well, I did, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I did just do a few episodes on Days of Our Lives that did happen recently, um, just aired mm-hmm. last week, as a matter of fact, um, yeah. but I was much younger when I did it since it was five, six months ago, uh, so, <laughs> so, given this schedule, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, even though I was playing the undead, I felt like I still look younger, um, so <laughs> I, I <did laughs> came back from the dead for a few episodes. Um, so I did do that, and I did recently. I did a, a, a western that I'm really proud of. It was it was great, and I and I got the western entirely because of COVID. Frankly, I I couldn't get my hair cut for seven months, as most people couldn't do anything get get their hair cut, and my beard was growing. And I even said to my girlfriend at the time, I was I said to her, I think I can do a western now. I was <laughs> like, I'm looking at myself, <laughs> yeah. this is a different look. And um, it was literally about a week later, I got an audition. It was a Zoom audition for this role. It went great. They asked me would I feel comfortable coming into their office in Burbank for uh, an in-person audition. I said, sure, yeah, I'll do that. So I went there and I got the role. So that was my first Western. And it's uh, Wild West Chronicles um, is what it is. And it's a very, it's a powerful story. It's a true story. I mean, all the stories of Wild West Chronicles are true stories of people of the West and um it's really the story about a man named Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves is the first um black um US marshal in uh, in uh, American history. And my character um his name is uh Isaac Parker Judge Isaac Parker, he's the one that um that swore him in as a US deputy. And it's oh. a story about him and my character is basically telling the whole story. Um, to a man, Bat Masterson, who was very famous at the time. Um, he yeah. was a journalist, but he was also the sheriff of Dodge City. And, and every episode is Bat Masterson going through the West and interviewing people about the real people. So my character basically recounts the entire story of, of Bass Reeves um, and that he was a one-time slave who escaped his, his slave owner and lived with the Cherokee Indy, Indians and in Chickasaw and learned their languages, learned how to hunt, wow. how to track. And then after the Emancipation Proclamation, when he was declared a free man, he went back to live in Arkansas, and that's when my character um, swore him in as the first black U.S. Marshal. And he became one of wow. the most effective very Marshals powerful. of his time. Yeah, it's a very powerful story, and I loved it because it's also, it's in, you have flashbacks, and my character was, you know, 12, 15 years later telling the story, but then going back in time when I first met him. and. It was great. I, I loved it. I just loved it. Um,
2: where is that so, yeah. one going to come out or when? Any ideas?
0: It, it is out, be? actually. It aired. It just oh. aired again recently. It's on INSP Network, but you could also okay. see it, um, from what I understand, on this def- definitely several platforms that you can watch it. Um, I'm trying to think of well, there are so many of them. I think Tubi is one of them, and mm-hmm, I think it's mm-hmm. just the, the recent one that just it just was announced that it's on another another platform that's more accessible i just i can't remember the name of it because there's so many of them right now um but it's okay. great and it's 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 the sixth episode of the season and it's called bass reeves so if you get a chance to see that, it's very special. I loved it.
1: I will definitely um, Google it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we, we are wonderful. running out of Beautiful. time, and I want to thank you, Vincent. Thank you so much. I know you're super busy, and I know <laughs> – and I messaged you yesterday <laughs> saying the interview was going to be at 10 o'clock.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was going to happen. So I had something you're going like, on at that, time. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Was was like, this time change? Maybe she didn't change her clock back a few times. I don't know. I'm not sure what happened there, but –
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I Wonderful. apologize. I'm so glad yeah. that you were able to to do this today, and um, thank, thank you thank so you so much me. for taking the time yeah. with us.
0: Uh, it was a pleasure. Vincent, it was a pleasure. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. You take yeah. care. Have a great mm-hmm. rest you of know. your day. Yeah, you enjoy care. that cold thanks. weather. I'm gonna go out oh, and, thank and you. swimming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks, Vincent. Right, <laughs> take care. Bye guys. Okay. Bye. Fun. That
2: was great. That was a great interview, Vincent. Is oh, he is so much fun. What a
1: great guy. Oh, my God. I love that he's such a good dad.
2: <laughs> Aww, it's so important.
1: I, I hope Aww. other men that were listening, you know, I hope that they realize that being a dad in a girl's life is so important. And I love the fact that he did that. And I want to thank his son, too. For serving our country being at the citadel that's just absolutely amazing um yes absolutely very cool yeah, yeah amazing man
2: what a what a wonderful yeah. dad and amazing man yeah
1: yeah elizabeth as always it was so much fun thank you for gracing us with your beautiful presence i appreciate oh, you it was a
2: lot of fun my dear a lot of a lot of a lot of fun so uh, anyway, and I want to thank care. everybody
1: for. Yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in, and have a great rest of your days. thanks Elizabeth. Don't Beth. forget to watch some of those great movies that
2: uh, Vincent's on. <laughs>
1: yep, <laughs> take that's care right. Of
2: okay, bye. Safe and healthy. Bye bye.